Welcome back to another episode of the RAG podcast with me, Sean Anderson, the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, bringing you the last UK-based episode of 2020. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is the show where I interview recruitment owners, recruitment managers, leaders, suppliers, investors, advisors to the industry around the world who are prepared to give up some of their time to support the industry. So effectively telling stories of growth, both of uh, their recruitment agencies and how they're helping others. Um, you know, we're focusing on supporting those people that are either in the thick of growing an agency right now or even potentially looking at starting a business in the future. Um, most recently, we've dominated conversation to do with COVID-19, of course. Today, we're not really, we're not really focusing on COVID-19. I mean, unless my guest wants to. Um, but I'm super excited. I'm, I'm, I'm joined by a guy who... I've got to be brutally honest, has uh, has messaged me a few times and I've been pretty rude and not, not replied. And it was only very recently that uh, one of my team actually knew his team personally. So we got we got in touch. And when I found out about this guy's business model and what he's trying to do, I was I was super, super excited. So Jamie Bowman is the founder of Fuel Payments, which is a an innovative fintech that is exclusively operating within the recruitment market, helping recruitment agencies get paid. Um, support their clients with a disruptive payment plan and and also have a USP in the process. So, um, well, I'm super excited to find out more. So, Jamie, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thanks for having me. Really excited. No way. No, my, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Um, look, last one of 2020. Um, it's uh, Hopefully, we'll, we'll have a few people listening on LinkedIn Live, but the majority of people will be listening back on YouTube and the, the Apple podcast, Spotify, etc., for the for those benefits, for those who will benefit from knowing who you are, who don't know who you are, can you just give us a better overview of you and, and what it is you actually do? Yeah, sure. So my, my background's uh, within recruitment. Um, was in it a while and left to start up a, a kind of an HR tech company called Offered. Um, and you know, during during COVID, was a great way to think of another way we can help the recruitment industry. Uh, and ended up coming out with with fuel payments. Obviously, the uh, fintech helping out. So. I suppose I love technology. Um, I've got a huge passion for recruitment, so kind of mix them together, uh, and and now it's kind of my dreamland and hell at the same time. Wow! Wow! So people who maybe you know, if there is anyone listening outside the recruitment industry, I'm not convinced I get that many people who listen from outside. But anyone who says I yeah. absolutely love recruitment, I'm in dreamland, they're probably going to think you're talking shit. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's uh, what it, most people when you describe recruitment. What's the best thing about recruitment? It's the people. What's the worst thing? It's the people. Um, yeah. It's it's quite infuriating. Yeah. You know, it's got it's got a bad rep with some people, as does every industry. But a lot of people focus on recruiters because it's their own, you know, personal career that's that's on the line. Mm -hmm. um, but but I I, lo I love the fact that you know, especially in the last twelve months, you know, we look at COVID, um, and I think if you know if COVID was kind of five years ago. The changes that have been made in the last nine months have been so meteoric. It's unbelievable. And I think five years ago, a lot of recruiters, the owners of the agencies wouldn't really have had the mindset to change quickly. They would have kind of hermited up and just banned down the hatches and see where we get to it when it's over. Whereas the introduction of video interviewing, automation, chatbots, things that make businesses react to augmenting their process, becoming better, getting, you know, you know future proofing themselves. Um, it's meant that we're kind of in a brand new industry now. You know, recruitment, okay. recruitment is 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 exciting now. It's no longer your yellow pages. You know, salesperson smashing the phone and, and annoying everybody. It's, you know, it's personal branding on LinkedIn. It's people with great content. It's people who are genuinely trying to do dedicated searches and becoming experts in their area instead of kind of jack of all trades. So yeah, I mean, it, it might find it might sound weird. But I think recruitment over the last 12 months has made this huge step forward into, um, well, as you know, a huge marketing push um, instead of a sales push, showing that actually, you know, we can, we don't just do one job, we do a whole service. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's great to be in. I think, well, it's great to have you on. I think, I think you're right. It, it, you know, marketing, I don't think it should replace sales. I think it should just be part of sales in my opinion. Hmm. You know, marketing is, is sales. It's a big factor in getting, getting people to see who you are and, and what you do. So, um, so before we get into right now, I, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, I always like to go back. I always like to do a little bit of digging and finding out a bit about you. So, um, you worked in recruitment for how long? I was in recruitment for about four years. Yeah. 
Um, so I start. I started off um, actually in 2012. Um, I got into IT recruitment, um, and that we, it, I, it did not agree with me at all. Um, it was it was honest, different. Honest. <laughs> yeah, it was a different type of of, of recruitment as well. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, just just didn't get on with it. Um, took a bit of time out, and and then started getting on the job hunt again, and, and realized that she. I was better off in more junior recruitment, high volume recruitment. Um, it sounds strange, but hitting the phone, speaking to as many people as possible. I loved it. You know, running assessment days, one-to-one interviewing. Um, I kind of found my calling. Um, did really well, uh, left the business and ended up starting up my own grad division. Um, and then about 15 months later, we went back and actually acquired um, that same business. Wow, um, uh, and and it was great, and you know, then we went up and opened up uh, an office up in Spinningfields. Um, yeah, and had a couple yeah. of offices. I was introduced to the north, uh, and, uh, and and yeah. So, what was your initial it, thought? It was awesome. It was. I was just. It was just good fun, and everyone. I, I mean, ev- I know everyone knows this, and we all speak about it. But in London, we don't like we don't talk to each other. It's, it's, it's not the unwritten code. It is just don't do it. Don't get on the train and speak to someone. Whereas up North, you know, especially, you know, I, I've not spent too much time in other places up North, but Manchester, I mean, everyone's so friendly. Um, yeah. well, I don't know if I'd agree with that completely. <laughs> I've had some, I've had some ropey conversations already. I've only been back a couple of months, but I know, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Fleeting visits, fleeting visits where you're kind of, you know, everyone's, it, I, I remember going in Christmas time as well. Um, I can't remember what that square is, but they've got the Christmas market in the square. Um, yeah. Is it Churchill Square? No, no, you've got uh, St. Peter's Square probably where the town hall is. Um, yeah, might have been. Yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just good Albert, fun. Everyone, Albert Square, you think? Albert Square, that's it. Yeah, Albert Square, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah, everyone just in good spirits. Um, yeah. It was just really good fun. A couple of good nights out up there. So, you so know, yeah, what? I, a few years ago when I was when I was in recruitment in London, I um I, I had a client in Wilmslow, which is um just south of Manchester in Cheshire. It's a company called Royal London, and uh, it, they're an insurance company, they're life yeah. and pensions company. So, me and my colleague. John Sharp, if he's listening, I doubt he is. But we got the, we got the train up in suits, right? And it was a Friday, and um, we got off at Wilmslow. We went to the office, and we didn't know what to expect. And we got there, and everyone was in dress down. And uh, we looked a bit like the gas board or something. Like They properly like looked at us, like, what is this? And then we got the train back into Manchester, and it was funny. Like This conductor got on, and it was so old school. Like He looked at – he was getting – everyone around us was getting tickets checked. He was checking kids, he was checking adults, and he looked at us in suits and briefcases or whatever and was just like, don't worry, lads, walked off. I like, just thought we were like professional. <laughs> we got away with it. I was like, bloody hell. Um, and uh, yeah, I've always had people say to me, you know, you must be in Manchester, Hoxo. I'm like, no, I was. we were always in London, but now we've gone fully remote and I've, I moved back in the summer now that uh, now that I'm able to. So I'm officially back in the homeland, but you've you spent some time here. Um, so what what happened in your recruitment career? What What kind of... What came to it? How did it all come to a head, and you, you started to do or decide to do something different? Um, I, I I mean I got into a position where I was speaking to thousands of candidates, um, a, a lot of businesses, uh, uh, and there there seemed to be this kind of disconnect in between that, that just wasn't working. You know, there were lots of candidates being asked to come in for interview and rejected based on you know the first five minutes, you know, culture fit is wrong or yeah, the, you know, it's just not right for us. We didn't really look at the CV, um, clients su- suggesting that we're wasting it, you know, sending too many candidates along. There was, there was just a lot of things that I thought could be improved. And I started asking questions to, to each party. So, you know, what would happen if we did this? What would happen if we did this? And to the point where some clients were sitting there going, well, um, you know, can you do it? I mean, if you could automate that, would, you know, do you have the technology to do it? And I just thought, no, I don't, but hang on. We're, you know, starting to get a lot of people saying the same stuff now. So I I just, it was at that point that I thought, well, I feel like I know the market well, um, or well enough anyway, and there's always going to be stuff to learn. But, you know, I, I, I genuinely in my heart of hearts felt that there was a massive gap there that wasn't being catered to. Uh, and so, the idiot that I am spent all my savings, got a massive loan uh, to build the first part of the technology and, um, and kind of take it to market. This was offered. Yeah, this was, this was for offered. And, um, uh, and I mean, you know, 
a big a big lesson that I learned is it really doesn't matter how much you think you know about the market. We had this product, took it to market, and it flopped big time. Really? Um, yeah, I mean we 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 overcomplicated the process itself and we didn't really we didn't introduce businesses into our into the build uh, and and ask them whether they can be kind of beta testers and and let us know what they think and take their feedback we just i just thought it's fine you know got the experience i'll be able to get it out there um and and yeah i mean i was full of it uh, as, as soon the as concept, we take it out the concept was go to a a business that hires volume grads and give them a tech product that would find the grads for them or yeah so so the concept i've always had is is i'm a big fan of video interview i'm a big fan of of screening i'm a big fan of your know, collaboration between businesses i'm not a big fan of pinpoint technology so you know just screening technology i thought the process actually lacked a lot of automation rather than technology itself so i wanted to have a point where when you put a job advert up you actually interview with that business at that point. So you do some screening questions, you stick up your CV and a profile, you go through a video interview, um, you know, you go through everything to make sure that on the other side, the recruiter has two hours worth of screening done for them in 60 seconds, and then they can start automating the calendar invites and inviting their clients in to see these candidates. And I, I was always just a big fan of that type of automation where it was not just one or two of the process, but the full Monty um and 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 we've we kind of got to that point but when we first launch you launch with a pretty basic product uh, and when you've got a pretty basic product and you've not listened to anyone at all during the build of that the end result is always get lost like this is rubbish um and wow, was, so what was your paint a picture like what was your life like then what where did you live what was your situation <laughs> personally what to take such a big risk i just to put it in context last month was the first month i've been paid since february 2019 Wow. Um, so, uh, life's not easy. You know, you, you don't get mortgages, you don't get loans. Um, you know, uh, you don't, you don't get up in the morning and, and know by the end of the month you're getting paid. In fact, the complete opposite, you know, you've got to build this. Um, if you take a day off, you're effectively telling the business to shut down for a day. You don't get holidays. Um, you know, what life balance, you know, take, just, just take the balance and life out of there. And it's, it's just, just work life um and 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 by the way i love that that's mm. for me i get I, I get agitated if i was on a i mean i said it to somebody the other day you can't if you stuck me on a beach I, i'd want to do something i'd be thinking about work um so i'm not sitting here saying i want work-life balance and woes me i've gone and you know become an entrepreneur i probably what, did that. What, was the, what i'm trying to get my head around is like what was your life like going into this because like for example when i started hoxo i was pretty financially set up I'd, I'd bought a house i'd also saved a bit of money after that i'd remortgaged my house took money and equity out so i had a pot um i had a girlfriend at the time i, did, I wasn't married didn't have any kids like i was you know if i was going to do it i was 30 years old it was the time to do it like what was your yeah. situation when you when you set up pretty similar um so i was i was pretty financially secure um in, enough that i thought i had some some backing to help me get you know six months in and, and, and then get paid. Um, I had a flat, I'd bought a flat beforehand. So mm. I had the ability to have a salary to go and get a mortgage and, and then mm. get that flat. Um, had a girlfriend, I mean, at, at the time, 20, so I got married six months before I started this business. Right. So um, uh, I'd, I'd had everything kind of settled. Poor, my poor wife didn't realize this was, this was coming on. Um, she married a guy with a salary and uh, and and pretty stable, uh, and then I kind of set fire to that. So it, yeah, I, I was fine. I was doing pretty well. I was making good money. Um, I, I enjoyed the people I worked with. I had a nice life. Um, it wasn't it wasn't something you probably most people would want to just ditch for absolutely nothing, basically. So I, I think I think a lot of people as well tend to get to that point where they feel quite settled and if you do have quite an entrepreneurial mindset you end up getting a bit fidgety thinking you know what can I do and is there any progression where I am or where do I need to go and can I go anywhere and do I do something myself and I think that's where probably where where I got you remind me of me a bit like you know when I actually said to people I'm leaving like Venquist to launch a marketing agency and then was like you what I was like yeah I'm going to start a marketing agency they were like 
but you don't work in marketing. And I was like, yeah, I know that, but I think I know enough about recruitment and I know enough about marketing. And I know enough about people to find good people to work it out. And they were like, like, this is ridiculous, Sean. Like you're quitting a very well-paid job. You know, you've got a girlfriend, you know, it's getting serious. You own a house, you got a mortgage. And I'm like, you know, I, I doubted myself on plenty of occasions, but I, I don't know. I just had this blind belief that I was going to get it right. What, what was going through your head? Cause like you say, technology business you didn't even like it recruitment never mind yeah i being a, I, I, a developer by trade like what were you uh, thinking <laughs> my my first ever boss when i was scared to my first ever cold call to a to a candidate just told me don't forget he's probably wearing a star wars t-shirt <laughs> uh, and it made me feel a bit better I, yeah I, I i knew nothing about tech at all um i actually went and taught myself how to code uh to understand it a bit more just so i wouldn't get yeah. screwed over when i go to an agency so i can i can do simple coding and build a you know pretty rubbish website but mm. it gave me a good grounding so uh, yeah I, I i think anyone you know you as well you've got to be hyper confident in yourself and what you do uh because you're going to doubt yourself and there's going to be days where there still are i mean mm. this morning's been pretty difficult um you know website's gone down content's gone i had to rebuild everything in the space about 90 minutes um you know that stuff when you're working for somebody just doesn't happen uh, I'm, smiling, I'm, not, I'm smiling but not because of like it's funny but because i've been there like i've seen yeah. I've, had, I've had those problems where you know we've, we've launched something and it's just fall, fell flat on its face and you don't even know why it's gone that way and then you've got something riding on it and but you just go into like mad mad protection mode and you figure you just figure it out right you just get, get these things done it, it'll be fine yeah. Um, you know, the, what, what you do learn is those things are, are minute, you know, website goes down. It's, I mean, it's a bit of an issue. I mean, it's a big issue actually when, you know, everyone's got a digital presence now, but it'll be fine. Someone will work it out, uh, and, and it'll be fine. So I, I, I've, all, I've, all, I've just been very hyper-confident in, in, in myself, in what I believe. Um, I'm always open to, I, I like people to contest what I think about and, and what I feel is right because I'm I, I'm not a person who genuinely just arrogantly feels yeah I'm the best what my ideas are the best and um, there's got to be a huge amount of execution and I, I just I hate I don't like not succeeding I'm incredibly competitive with myself we're you know probably unhealthily competitive with myself um, and so I just it, it probably was a well, yeah, it probably was a stupid move, you know, getting a massive loan, getting all your savings, putting it into something you don't even understand into a market that's really competitive. Uh, there's lots of other products out there that are going, have investment. You know, you mark what you, what what are you doing? Uh, but it, I didn't flinch for a second. I haven't done. Uh, there have been days I've woken up and thought, this is this is going to be difficult. Today is definitely going to be difficult. I'm interrupting this episode of the RAG podcast to bring you a message from our sponsor, Audro. You know by now that Audro are the number one video interview platform for recruiters around the world. Now they keep bringing out new features from Audro Capture to Audro Producer, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. But now recently they've just announced a new feature to the platform, which is a complete game changer. During COVID-19, they realized that the recruitment audience the communication was changing. Globally, their clients and candidates were, were using Microsoft Teams and Zoom more than anything else. The phrase, let's jump on a Zoom call or jump on a Teams call has actually replaced the, the words video interview for a lot of their conversations over the last six months. Now, they were thinking, do we, I mean, how are we going to eradicate this? How are we going to make Audro the name that everyone talks about for, for the interview process? And they realized they didn't need to. They needed to integrate. So for the first time ever, they, they're the first video interview platform on the planet that have decided and managed to integrate with Zoom and soon to be integrated with Microsoft Teams. So with one click after recording a Zoom video, you can now drag that into Audro and create everything else that Audro has from adding the CV, the heat maps, the capture and the producer elements. You get all the benefits of Audro before and after the interview, but you get to use Zoom, which is client friendly on all levels. So this is massive. Teams is coming. It's the first time anyone's ever done it in our sector. And it is literally going to change the way you work in 2021. Get in touch with my friends over at Audro at audro.co.uk. Or if you're already a user, reach out to your account manager to make sure you've got this feature. 
Together, next year is going to be an even stronger for the remote industry across the recruitment space. Back to the show. Remember one day, like pinpoint a day it offered where you thought, fuck, like this is, this is seriously uh, uh, not. Yeah, yeah I actually, so, so offered, offered wasn't the, the name that, that I actually began with. It was called Employ App with, with an I, I-M-P-L-O-Y. Um, and uh, I woke up. So that this, this is all, I mean, this is the whole day, but all in the space of not a long time. I woke up, our entire platform had gone down. Um, just the servers gone. Uh, it could have been hundreds of thousands of lines of code disappeared and obviously a lot of money down the drain with it. Um, the website also went down, wasn't connected, just, just went down too. Um, I got uh, an email from um, uh, another recruitment tech company saying you're this is trademark infringement. Uh, you know, we're going to have to have a chat because you need to change your brand and your name and everything like that. Um, I've just been a, a classic tech tool and bought tons of merch as well um, with that name on it. Um, and um, uh, and then I mean, and then personal stuff happened. You know, dog got ill. This is all in the space of a day, and you just think, I. Oh, just pull like just pull the plug. I mean, this none of this is working, um, uh, and it and it really does suck because it it is your future. You know, it, you're not you're not sitting there going, oh, you know, this sucks. I, I'll I'll start looking for another job. This is I put absolutely everything into this. What, what I, it has to work. It cannot not work. I will I will not let it work. Um, die. I, I will do whatever I can. Uh, and I just remember that morning sitting down, kind of head in hand, <laughs> taking I could a deep breath for about five minutes and be like, okay, one thing at a time. What's the most important thing we need to do now? Well, all that money you've spent on tech probably needs, we need to find out where it's gone. So let's solve that. Um, and ended up solving it one by one by one. A couple of days later, we're back online onboarding new clients and, and it was fine. Love it. But that was that was a pretty tough day, I've got to admit. Well, it's resilience, mate. I've had I've had a few. I had early on I had like a string of rejections in one day. I think I had three or four clients in one day just be like, no. But every single one of them said, why aren't you going, why aren't you in recruitment still? Like, you so, you clearly know your shit. Like, your track record's amazing. What are you doing? Like, one guy's like, do you want to be the NED to, our, to us and work with our contract business because it's shit? And I was like, I don't know. I, was like, <laughs> I sat there going, I remember phoning my business partner, Amma. I was like, are we on, what are we doing here? And he's like, I don't know, mate. Like, you're the one who came up with this idea. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. But one thing he did do is he knew that I was just having a wobble. Amon's got an amazing ability to, to, he just knows me better than anyone. So he knows when I'm having a wobble and when I'm actually going to turn myself away from something. And there's been, I've not turned my back on a business, but there's been like, you know, parts of the product and the services that I've, that I've gone now, that was the wrong move. Um, and he knows, he just know, and he knew that day I was just having a wobble and he's like, look, come on fucking you've pushed me into this <laughs> yeah. let's, let's fight another day and and now you look back i mean we've still got so much to fight for and do but you do look back and think no one really knows that shit everyone sees the glamorous the the linkedin the, the you know the business growing the hiring people they think you they just think it's a it's a breeze but it's fucking do, hard do you have that as well then so you're obviously you did something that i mean it most recruiters would think is mental oh yeah. you're going into marketing you've never done it you know what are you doing probably think you're an idiot yeah. um and judged you and 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 eric you know my head of sales gets all the time when people are oh, i'm not sure about this but you know we think you're a great salesperson why don't you get back into recruitment he's like well definitely not that's you know i don't want to do that how, how did you get a, how did you fight against people going this is this is ridiculous you know stop it just it's just good. just come back i think it was time i think it was time i think i think you know i i i was I was running on LinkedIn before anyone really I can remember in our industry were doing anything. So it was like, you know, I was kind of one of the first people that put my face out there and put myself on video and just fucking spoke to the camera and just, so it was a bit like this guy, is he talking sense? Like, you know, what's he on about? Like there was a bit like, what is he doing? A lot of people like sending me snapshots of myself on LinkedIn on via WhatsApp. Like what the fuck are you talking about? And, uh, <laughs> honestly, but then time is the biggest thing. Like if people see you stick at something and you start to have a few wins and we were quite vocal about our wins, but we were also vocal about the losses. Um, but time, I think after, so we started in March, 2017 and I reckon by January 18, 
people were like, you know, there's something in this. Like, you're not, mm. you know, most businesses don't, wouldn't last this long. We'd hired a few people. We had a few clients. Um, and then, then it was like a bit of a snowball effect. Then people were like, right, well, actually he's talking sense. And, and, and again, as the world, I just thought LinkedIn was going to turn more like Facebook, Instagram and stuff. I just I had this feeling that it was going to transform. And as it started to change and more people got on board, you know, it became the, actually fucking hell, you had a really good idea at the right time. I was like, well, maybe, yeah, but you know, it, it didn't go without its doubters. And, and, and like you say, it, it made me doubt a lot. So, Tell us what happened to that business because that's not exactly what you do now. So how did that how did that come to a? So well, so we're still building it, and we're yeah. uh, and we're it's going to be used in the future for for different purposes. But yeah, I mean, we it was in, in one of my previous in a recruitment agency, we used invoice factoring, and um, and I always hated it, and 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 saw the. The real pressure it put on agencies, you know, to get per, this is all perm like contracts. Yeah. You know, we we let other people, you know, Sonovate and everything that deal with contract. Not not interested. Um, and perm, you know, you get 70 percent of your invoice. You get charged a huge huge percentage up front to be able to do it. You take on debt, which means you might not mm. necessarily, not necessarily get a facility in the first place. And then because you're a recruitment agency, they don't like lending to you. So they ask for a PG on top of your head. So huge risk, you know, personally on a financial level as well. Um, and then you have to give the money back if, if you know, it doesn't go right. And, and, and you still have to chase invoices. And, and you just think, actually, this is rubbish. You know, who came up with this idea? Uh, and, and so, you know, we, we tried to figure out a way. And, and, and COVID was great for this. Gave us a, a real opportunity to sit down and think. But who's we? So, so we, I've, I've got, I've had loads of people around me, like my old business partner, um, Paul, you know, he's been a, a real bright spark with this. I've had people build models for me and, and, and help me deal with this. Um, it, it's, it's been, you know, I've old colleagues of mine, you know, from those recruitment agencies who, who offer, you know, great support and, and guidance and feedback and advice. And it's just been, you know, you know, when you've got like a really good network of recruiters around you, generally speaking, they'll think fairly similarly hopefully to you um and so but they're quite recruiters generally are quite brutal which is great because it means if you come up with a crap idea they'll tell you a shit like get out um uh, and and it was just kind of brainstorming and, and going around with it and um you know there were there were awful ideas like you know let's start investing in, in recruitment agent you know 10 recruitment agencies um and then it's like well i mean you've got no back-end function or, or finance or anything like that you and you're, you're going to be on the board of 10 agencies with 10 mds giving you hell every single day I was in a risky industry right was now that, first idea? that was the first idea yeah it was rubbish that was that was a real shocker um uh, where, are you then, get the, where are you going to get the capital to invest in 10 agencies well i don't know um <laughs> it all starts off with an idea doesn't it and yeah, then yeah, yeah. um and then from there uh, and then um and then it got to the point where i, I spoke to to paul my my office partner and um yeah, we just came up with the fact that, that invoice financing within recruitment, the the uh, they're not even a beneficiary, but recruiters have so much where everything's taken out. Um, how do you how do you create this triangulation of beneficiary where you know the hiring SMEs get what they want, and and so do the recruiters, and, and obviously so do, do the the providers. So, so for for to put it in the most layman's terms, to, we'll talk in depth about is I'm an Hoxo Media, still an SME, 20, 20 staff. We want to hire a, an account manager from ABC Recruitment. They, mm. If they work with you, they can say, look, we have a facility that you can basically buy now, pay later. Like using bloody, you know, going to Debenhams, God rest their soul, and buying, yeah. your, your, buying something on a six-month finance. So you can pay, buy it now, but you pay it monthly over six months. Um, so the, the SME Hoxo, we go, great. We can pay a monthly installment, so that £10,000 fee, spread over six months as opposed to up front but but the but your facility allows the recruiter to get that invoice within 24 hours 24 hours no recourse so that 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 recruiter effectively gets the money in the bank within 24 hours we can't come back to them and ask for it back it's it's theirs to keep you know I, and, and there's a few reasons for that as well is, is because we carry huge risk on that if we don't get paid then then we're the people who lose out yeah um you know recruiters recruiters lose business by chasing payments and they cool. shouldn't do, you know, they're, they're owed that money. Um, they've, you know, it's one of the few industries out there 
um, and it usually is the industries that people hate that, that people have to do this is we do all the work before you pay us you have to right. actually agree with the work before you know we and that's why i always hate recruiters saying they've got a product they don't like your product shouldn't be getting that person hired it should be delivering a service to that business and they should pay for that service alone and if they hire someone from it great that's an that's fantastic ending but recruiters do so much work in the preamble to the hire that you know it's i mean it's it, it's the biggest work for free culture in yeah. you know in, in the world I mean, it's ridiculous it's the, as, it's the same as you know insure well what they call them um, insurance brokers will do it you'll get yeah. your agents will do it your football yeah. agents will do it like you know talent talent management in general is, is usually built that way but it's i think the mindset is changing like even we even went because we charge up front for our services on a monthly retainer we, we charge for the for the time more than the yeah. result right um the only way we can build a business and that was probably one of the biggest challenges we found at hoxo in the early days was our clients were like well we'll just pay you you know at the end of the result and i'm like well no that's not how our business is going to be built it's just not how we work and you know, you don't you don't hire a marketeer in your recruitment company and pay them bonuses and no salary. Like it just doesn't work. So, you know, um, there is a salary element to it that we we sit in that that bracket. And and I think because of the industry has been so used to being purely contingent that it's, it's when they buy services, they find that you know they want to pass that on. And I, and I feel for the industry, but it is starting to change. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, and it's, you know, the reduction of risk. And it's, we, I think we're just very proud that we found a way that we can offer finance to a an, an agency without them actually taking finance on. You know, it's yeah. a way for them to benefit from a finance agreement without having to actually go out their way, you know, put the house on the line, put all of this, you know, done the work, congratulations. You know, it's now, you know, now customer success and you know customer service but apart from that you know let's let's give you your the money that you deserve right now so you can grow uh, and and know where where you're going rather than you know I'm gonna get paid 90 days late or six months you know we've been I've been six months down the line uh, you're just thinking you know you've got to be kidding me you know it was you're five months late how are you five months late and they just don't care read an article that FDs paying late to FDs is like crack cocaine you know how how far can they actually take it? It's just a bit of a game. Um, so, so we man we we basically managed to make sure that that recruiters get paid within twenty four hours. And then, yeah, you as Hoxo Media, um, you know, every credit agreement, you know, you have to pay interest on top of it. But we try to make that as as decent as possible. And it's about one point six percent a month um, over this, you know, from for each month for, for six months. So, it's it's pretty good, and it just allows you, especially when you're looking at, you know. We've got cash a sweet flow. spot of things like, yeah, cash flow. But if you've got sales hires or marketing hires that you can get an ROI for over six months without having f actually finished paying for them, you know, what a fantastic method that is, as well as not being hamstrung, really, if you're there with three-month rebate period where you get money back and you think, do I keep this person on? Do I, you know, don't I? I'm not too sure. You know, give them six months. Give them, you know, give them a bit of time. Most of the time, you'll you'll know within a month whether that person's right or not. But if it's coming up to three months, give them a bit more time and get an ROI. So yeah. we've we found a yeah we found a really good intersect. So how did you? We'll talk about the the detail of why recruiters should buy it later because I I, yeah. I, I honestly wouldn't have put you on this show if I didn't actually really I thought the idea was wicked like I really Thank did. You. And I'm I'm thinking about it more from buying recruiters than being a recruiter actually, and then how useful it is for someone of a business like mine. Um, but how did you put this together? So you had the idea. You you speak to your to Paul. You think you've got something here. What the? I mean, you're not a finance guy. You weren't a tech uh, guy. You're not a finance guy. What's going on? How do you do it? Yeah, uh, it's it's weird, isn't it? From going from like recruiter. I mean, effectively in in a short period of time, recruiter to lender. Um, yeah, yeah. Like how the fuck do you do that? Um, yeah, it was weird. So I I just got in and around the right the right people. So you know, I met a really nice bloke. Um, who ended up helping me make our first ever financial model. And this model had to represent what would happen if you if you lent this money and then got it back over six months and then and then paid that money back out and how much interest you get in return and what you could do with that. And you know, these I mean, genuinely, if I looked at it now, impossible things to go out and measure. Um, to him, that was just, you know, click your fingers, yeah, really easily done. Um, uh, so we ended up going around and building that model, um, and then it was, you know, going around and actually talking to recruiters how the model would work and SMEs how they work because effectively we're an SME lender. Now that's mm -hmm. that's what we do. 
we, we specialize in, in recruitment agency, um, recruitment agency fees so that we can actually be a benefit in an yeah. industry that doesn't benefit um, recruits at all. Um, but we're an SME lender. So, you know, how the hell do you, how the hell do you do that? And, 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 and what happens when you build the business and how the hell do you raise funds? And it's not just equity you need to raise, it's debt. You know, you need to, you need to ask somebody to give you money so you can give it to somebody else and then tell them that fingers crossed, they'll get it back. It, it's like, it, it just, it just seemed mind boggling. Um, uh, and my previous investors who have been unbelievable all the way through, um, I've just had the key to, to all of it where, you know, they've been able to introduce me to the right people. I've had the right people surrounding me beforehand anyway. And we, we kind of just slowly, 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 slowly built. It's taken months, by the way, you know, it's taken from, what is it? May till, till now, um, to even get this over the line. Um, so yeah, so I think it's just getting the right people who know finance because yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm all right at maths, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I am not a lender. So no, but you're, uh, a visionary. you're a visionary, you're a thought, you're a thinker. And that's what, that's why you are in your seat and not in the other seat. A final interruption to today's episode to introduce Vincere. Vincere is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry. Now, I first heard about these guys about a year ago. The amount of prospect recruitment agencies and clients I was working with that were telling me they were moving over to Vincere, I had to look into it. And what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and, have, and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are doing this to give their their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, if you're a rag listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a rag listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash rag, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening, you're a recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. So realistically, like from a, like a financial conduct authority, like, you know, KYC, all these different like rules and regulations going on in, in the, in the financial services industry, you've, you've probably had to upskill yourself in so many areas. Uh, oh yeah. A, a huge amount. Um, we're just, we're just undertaking KYC and AMLs at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to do that for every single recruiter and every single borrower. Um, uh, and you know, we, we, I, yeah, you know, we've got loan agreements and we've got credit agreements and we've got borrower terms and recruiter terms and all these, you know, how to think about process and underwriting. How do we build the underwriting? What risk analysis suites do we use? And what's the criteria that we've got to have to make sure that we have a concentration with our portfolio? That means we've not got too much of one and one of another. Um, it's been mad, really, a really, really mad six months, that seven months now that, that yeah, I've had to learn incredibly quickly we're you know we're really lucky i mean b2b lending is actually unregulated if you mm. stick a personal guarantee on someone's head then yeah you know the fca get involved and um I, I, it, yeah it's just been you know every single every single door you open is just foreign complete foreign language and you think geez this is going to take a couple of weeks to get your head around um uh, and even now just going through contracts reading through every single one you know terminology of of of, of what you do completely changes from when I was a recruiter to when I was in tech to, to fintech. It's like, Jesus Christ. How, yeah. How do we, how do we simplify this out? And, and it even convolutes your messaging, right? Because you then think in a certain way uh, and now writing content for your website, you think as a, a, a finance person instead of a recruiter. And it's like, no, snap out of it. You know, this is, this is for recruiters, not, not, not for bankers. No. Um, so it's been a long one. 
One question I have for you that I, I always want to know around people, especially at the early days of their business, is what does a day look like in your life? Like, I like I'll, I'll I'll paint a bit of a picture quickly for you with my life, right? So I'm currently living in a city center apartment that I'm relatively new to. I've got my dog. I'm up super early, always R five six. Um, I try and get some exercise in. I've been shit recently because I've been coughing for like four weeks. If anyone's listened to my podcast, I've been dying for about four weeks, and it's not COVID. <laughs> It's not COVID. Um, and then I'm basically like, I've taken a long walk around the city and that's my time every morning now to like decompress and think and plan. And and then I am literally, it feels like fucking back-to-back video calls all day. Like I'm, I have, I'm, I'm delivering webinars around the world to recruiters. I'm doing, you know, one-on-one workshops with clients. I'm doing one-to-ones with the team. I'm hiring, I'm training. Um, I've got a couple of personal coaches. So I've got a woman who helps me um, with, my, well, I've got three. I've got a business coach and I've got a psychologist and a, and a mindset coach. So I'm working with them in the evenings. Um, I'm trying to see friends and family. I mean, it literally is from, from the minute I wake up to about 9.30, 10 at night, I, I don't think I get 10 minutes to just decompress and do nothing. So like, what's your, yeah. what's your world like? Yeah, it's, it's, um, that sounds quite structured. I'm quite jealous. Um, <laughs> I, 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 um, I suppose my business is is not yet evolved in us, uh, enough for, for for me to have different aspects. Um, so I, I wear a, a hat an hour effectively. So um, it could be you know I have two stand up calls every every single day, one at nine, one at ten. Um, both technology ones with my developers out in Ukraine, um, where we discuss you know what we've done, what we haven't. Um, I wake up at six every single morning. Um, and I go for a run. Um, this I've just surpassed one thousand one hundred miles this morning. Wow! So I I love I I love running. Um, it's it's massive. I've just moved to Winch as well, so run by the castle. You know, it's, it's really really nice. Um, and then get back, shower, coffee downstairs into my little dungeon basement now. Um, that's the new office, and it's right a bunch of emails. Go through, figure out what's going on. And then it's just figuring out right at the moment what what's the most desperate thing that needs doing, and then prioritize them in a list and just get through them throughout the day. And then you'll get the stuff that comes in that you don't want them to, like website breaking and going down, all the content going, and you know people coming back saying they want you know they want to join but they don't they don't want to pay interest on any of their loans or anything like that. And you think okay that's not happening. And um, so I mean at the moment I deal with all the financial side of things, so whether it be due diligence, KYC, AML, building you know help with the models, the underwriting process, negotiating with the lenders, all of that. The equity side where we still look at funding, so we're looking at you know shareholder ROI and pitch decks and marketing decks, and I'll do the marketing, the content, all of that. Um, obviously, I've got Aeroc on board to to head the sales up, but I still head straight at it. So that's yeah. straight onto emails, LinkedIn, calling, um, you know, any content that I can get up on LinkedIn, um, building the ops processes for what actually it looks like when we start scaling. How do we add one? And there's the process. Off it goes. Um, there, it's just it's it's like an organized mess um, every single day, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you know, my wife was just saying, "What you know?" I said, "I don't want to talk about Christmas presents during the day. I've got work to do. Like, we can do it in the evening when you know, after work." And she just sent me a message, "Well, work never stops." It's like, well, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, what are you going to do on Christmas Day? It's I'll get up and I'll be like, "Oh, hi, morning, everyone." Right, and then just be like, "Right." I wonder how many in my in my mind. I'm going. I think it's quite unique for someone to get like a like a good email on Christmas Day um you know prospecting christmas day i think that's yeah. quite unique it's kind of stand um, out yeah like it stands out doesn't it um i always think you know like six in the morning getting an email thinking what's this dude doing awake and um, or, or just inconvenient times that i i think it's great so they, yeah there's 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 never a point where it realistically stops um so i'll be and, thinking about you when i'm when i'm cooking into my food i'll be thinking about you writing those emails yeah yeah, yeah. on christmas day i'll get you one um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I want you to share me an email. I want you to send me an email. I will. I will get you an email on Christmas Day. Oh, I, 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 I think if you if you go if you go down this path, it's a bit like that Matrix thing where like you know I take the red pill or whatever it is. Um, if you go down this path, you can't. It's it's if you like chilling out, don't do it. You'll you. I'm not saying you won't succeed. But there's a high there's a there's a high likelihood of the most talented people, the best ideas, the best execution failing 
So yeah. if you can't give it absolutely everything, then you're just guaranteeing yourself and you know and the business an early death. So just just let it go. But if you love, you know, I, I everyone in my old business used to say, don't put your emails on your phone. So I love it. I I'd always I'd, I'd always check my emails. So it's just like, well, if you like that, then yeah, you know, put yourself in this position. It's not the greatest one to be in, but you know, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I've learned over four years, and you know, we've got. There's about 20 people now, and a lot of the operation of what we do, I'm not involved in as much. Like I get involved with each client, but not it's not me doing the work. Um, that's been the hardest thing for me in the last 12 months is transitioning out of being the doer of everything and having my fingers in everything. Like we're launching a new website um in January, right? And my team showed me the designs and everything yesterday. And you could just see I was like, Yeah, great work. Like really happy with it. And they were like, Wow, like, you know no revisions no changes and i was like no i don't think so i like it like but that was a big moment for me to think i haven't been involved in any of this to the point of i, I said we would, let's let's launch a new site i gave my basic idea of what i wanted and what i thought and then you know i've not done any of it uh, i've not found the developers and because we used an outsourced partner i've not i've not done any of the design work i've not been negotiating the fees and the timelines um so but there's other things to be doing so it's not like I'm sat there chilling out. I'm, yeah. I'm now doing new things that are, again, that are pushing me in a, in a different direction. And that's the crucial bit. It's, it's knowing what the most important part of your day, your role is. And right now, like you're in the thick of the first year, like it's doing everything really, isn't it? So you've got to be yeah. Yeah, it's like separation anxiety as well, isn't it? And that's why, so when Eric came on board, you know, I was ecstatic to get him. I've worked with him before. I trust him. We work really well yeah. together. He's seen me at my best and my worst and, and vice versa. Um, and, and we know how each other work and that kind of separation anxiety of, oh, actually, if you get someone doing effects for your old job for you, you can't stand over them watching them. You need to trust them. You need to let, you need to trust yourself that you've made the right decision that this person's going to go off and do a good job. If you don't do that, then you've not made the right decision or you're just a control freak and you need to just step back. But you're, you're right. It's like, well, I, I was doing that. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of, there's this, there's this weird perception in the market as well that, that, that CEOs and all that kind of stuff, you know, as you get higher and all the kind, you just become more lazy and you can chill out and not do the work. It's like it's just a different kind of work that you end up doing. Um, and it's, I, it's feel guilty though. I get days where I'm feeling really guilty, where like my job, I think a lot of the time is to think it's to try and think of the next move. It's trying to just refine a process or think, well, you know, where can we enter a market or so it's a different it was always that as well but now it really is to think and that can make you feel guilty at times and my one of my coaches was like why do you feel so guilty like, i was like because you know I'm, maybe i'm not doing some of the account management like i was or i'm not doing as much of the sales as i was and she's like that's but you've got a job to do now you've got to employ these people you've got to move this business forward you've got to you know you've got a critical role that, that in, and you're doing it you just but you've also got to embrace it and and go with it um no one has ever said they enjoy their job because their boss is all over them, checks their work yeah. every day, like, you know, micromanaging. It's never happened. Everyone who's ever enjoyed their job is because their boss trusts them. They leave them to it. They give them the yeah. enough support and enough distance. Um, and it's a really tough, it's a really tough task. So, okay, we, I, I feel like I really get, I'm, I'm, I'm totally understanding where you are right now. So, yeah. Where, so where are we heading? What's the, what's the plan? Like, where, where do you see this, this business heading? Um, I mean, we obviously want to make it massive. Uh, we, I want this to be a, a, a proper tool and partner within the recruitment industry. I, I don't want to just flash this out and it's it's something where we just take everything and anything from anywhere um, and, and and sell our souls. You know, we we want to be the best friends of, of every agency in the UK who deals with perm placements uh, and improve. You know, add value. You know, we're adding we're adding training now. So instead of just giving them a product like a payments product, which you know, let's let's not forget there are banks everywhere. You know, we're saying not only we'll give you a product, but we'll train you on how you and your consultants to go and sell that product so that you can actually generate revenue. You know, we've mm. recently just had um, one, you know, one business who um, I won't say the name because I haven't asked them whether I can do yet, but you know, they've won about 25, 30 grand's worth of work just by going out and saying, you know, do you want to split your fees? Um, and it's and it's it genuinely really worked. It kind of proves our point. And so I, I want to build this into the largest alternative payments provider in recruitment 
Uh, and that's not just in the UK. That is, you know, 100% globally. Um, and I think we've got a very, very good foundation to go and do that now. But, um, you know, it's about what we have been doing the last, you know, couple of weeks, really listening to recruiters and, and SMEs. If if they need, if there are tweaks needed, you know, to come in and changes need to be made, let's do it. And if there's more value we can add, then hell, let's you know, let's add it. So yeah, love it. Love it. What what's the type of what type of recruitment company fits your like your target customer base the best? So obviously Perm, um, we we love working with your smaller recruiting businesses, um, people like Hayes and Page and all of that. You know, w- way too big for us realistically. Uh, we want to work with your you know minus a hundred um, person yeah. recruitment business, probably even smaller than that. Um, yeah. That deal in 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 roles that um, things like sales roles, marketing roles, operation roles. These these roles that people really look for, but they have a kind of stigma of KPI that's attached to it. How can we help it become less um, attrition led um, how can we help you know these the recruiters that work with in it, innovative startups you know yeah. SMEs that um, that that gen, you know they would like this type of pl- platform as well they want to be able to split their payments um, those are the types of recruiters that that we really want to work with but over and among everything on top is we want to work with game-changing agencies, you know, really innovative, new world thinking. How can we build value inside of our service rather than just old school, you know, it worked before, it'll work again now post-COVID. You know, let's let's work with those absolute top class agencies that want to change how it's done and add more value rather than just drill down on the same old stuff. So what what happens if I I'm the recruiter, I love the service, I go out, I pitch to hoxo and they say yeah like let's do it i I do a deal i get paid in 24 hours and the candidate drops out in three weeks what happens next so we we're a very very honest provider right so so we are if if you go on so you're talking like debenhams and stuff like that so if you go on um like paypal credit for instance right you go on apple and you buy a two grand laptop and you buy on paypal credit and, and and split the cost right over 12 months now if that laptop breaks you go back to apple and you say this laptop doesn't work. You can't go to PayPal and say I borrowed that money, but the laptop wasn't very good, so I, I don't you know I don't want to pay you anymore. You know, our our sole responsibility and what we want to do with this is, is create better client recruiter relationships, so that they go into this partnership knowing that a recruiter is going to fulfill their rebate duties or replacement duties of that candidate within that period. So that client still needs to pay us back the fee but that recruiter sure as hell should be doing their best to make sure they either replace that or just work on the terms that that they should be working at throughout the period so we like to separate ourselves from the rebate period because that's down to success of product and things like that what we're doing is adding a value proposition to the payment terms so do as you do be a good agency don't screw your client over equally make sure you don't work with clients that are just revolving doors um and well, let's we're, we're very honest Let's say it gets to a point where, you know, uh, the agency's done a good job. For whatever reason, the candidate's left. Client, you know, pulls the role, hires someone internally, whatever, and just wants their money back. Like, does that come out? So, yeah. Yeah. So we take all the risk. So there is no risk on the recruiter whatsoever. So that that client, that client won't sign up to anything um, until start date, effectively. Um, so there's, if, if they pull the role, if they do all of that, then, you know, we won't, we have no risk on our head, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if they place the candidate in, in my view, that recruiter has gone out and done their service, they've done the job that they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happens that the, you know, the client liked their service so much, they hired the person within their service. Um, so it's up to us to then state that we have our underwriting process. We have criteria that we look at. So, you know, we didn't look at it super rip. We're not, we're not lending to any pubs at the moment. That's to say, um, so we've got our criteria. And if, if we, if we say, Hey, we're happy to do it, then we take full responsibility and stick our hands up and say, listen, we gave you the money. We said we wouldn't come back for it. We mean it. (laughs) Go and reinvest that in another recruiter who can help you grow. But, but yeah, we're not going to come back to them for them. It makes, I mean, to me, it's like an absolute no-brainer. Like, if you want to grow your recruitment company, like, if you work, I think it is massively about the client base of the recruiter. So if you work with businesses like mine and SMEs, like, we're going to take you up on, a lot of the time, we're going to take you, it's like a subscription model, you know, you can buy a load of kit for the office or you can pay it over 12 months with 10% interest. I mean, you, you, 
often, depending on how big your cash reserves are, you'll always look to protect your cash flow and because you've got opportunity to grow yourself and make bigger, you know, you're, you're more flexible. So I think it's a, a super, super product you've come up with. Um, Thank you. What what do people need to do to get involved? Like, what's the process? Just get in touch. Um, so for us, it's just about making sure we work with the right, you know, especially at this at this time, the right recruiters. Um, not you know, not working with those who who aren't going to treat the product with with respect. It is a financial product. Um, you know, we've had some awesome recruiters look at this in really innovative ways. Um, you know, one recruiter has created their own product called Reflex. Yeah um uh, and you know it's great and refreshing to see them go out there with that you know we've had other recruiters i mean we did a research pool on two and a half thousand smes who don't use recruiters um but do hire and and were open to it 87 percent said they would if they could split their payments so there's a there's an unknown hidden market out there for recruiters that that they couldn't touch that they now can um so for for recruiters just get in touch like you know pick up a conversation with myself or eric um, we're happy to we're happy to just chat at this stage, you know, figure out whether it's right for them, figure out whether we can help them add the string to their bow in their recruitment model that helps them, what, you know, take take the next level. What about the pro? Like, sorry, I'm, I'm, my brain is working in different ways, right? So, yeah. what about if I if I do pitch it to a customer, and the customer's like, "Yeah, we'll take it," and then you can you then there's a possibility you could decline that customer so there's so we so within our platform we have something called pre-qualification testing that right. sticks that company through our risk analytics suite and lets you know yay or nay like right. can you pitch that client yes or no so you now, don't want to waste uh, time going down that line and then you so we don't it. want recruiters wasting their time so if if you want to offer so if you do rashly go and offer this to someone just say the caveat is obviously you have to pass credit procedure you know we have to do open banking to make sure they've got affordability on this kind of stuff that their credit rating is great but they owe 50 grand and they've got nothing in the bank it's like well mm. they're not going to be good for us and, and probably also that's a great way to be like you know don't work with them because <laughs> they're not going to pay you yeah, um, yeah. so so yeah we we built process all of this the process we built has come from me being a recruiter knowing let's not let's not walk recruiters down the you know into the rabbit hole and then suddenly they look stupid because they've offered this and then they they can't even give it to their you know their client or their client gets rejected so yeah we we built the tech to be able to withstand that i love it you know what i think the one thing i live by right is there's just kind of two values that i live by and 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 that i think my whole business is built on and and it's to do the right thing and to work it out right so yeah uh, genuinely, is is I always think of is is what I'm doing the right thing to do? Because if it isn't, I'm not going to do it. If I if I genuinely think I'm selling something to someone who doesn't need it or want it, like forget it. There's no fucking point. Like there's plenty of people out there that, and 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 you know, when you're going into any kind of negotiation or battle or challenge or whatever, you've got to think: is it the right thing to do? Because if it isn't, like move on. There'll always be something that's better. And then once you believe it is the right thing to do, you've got to work it out. You've got to have a relentless yeah. attitude to to solution oriented mindset and. You know, there's always going to be reasons why something won't work. There's always going to be a problem with something. And if you focus on those only, like, I think you'll only go so far. Um, and I, I genuinely believe you've, you know, everything you're doing is very similar to the, you've got the same mindset. Like, you, you know, you're trying to genuinely promote the industry. You're trying to give the industry a, a more professional, like, you know, product-based service. You're trying to help SMEs that need talent, but don't necessarily have the, the or want to spend the capital up front. Um, you know, and there's, you know, there's been loads of problems along the way. And, and I imagine there'll be even more in the future that you, I'm confident you'll just, you'll work, you'll work it out. Bring them on. Bring them on. I know there's plenty around the corner. But yeah, I mean, it, it's great. Like you said, uh, you speak to loads of people and there's going to be people who think this is, this is shit. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it genuinely will. But I mean, you know, we don't we're, yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't need 50 billion quids worth of recruitment industry around yeah. the world that would be great but but we don't need that so you know we that's why we want to work with innovative people because those that say well no one wants this all right fair right. enough yeah mm -hmm. and you know move, move on to the next person then we get you know you know comments like yours and, and lots of other recruiters who are just saying this is great you know how, how do we get yeah. on board so without a doubt um so what what's the uh, festive period going to be like for you apart from sending emails on christmas day we're getting very uh, close now. it's a week and a a week and a half till the big it's day next next friday isn't it yeah. um uh, I, uh there's there's no there's no real break to be honest i mean we uh, we've got a lot of work that we need to do 
Um, we have Jan's a big hiring month, massive hiring month. So we're helping a, you know, a few agencies at the moment build campaigns on hiring Jan, pay in June type of um, yeah. campaigns. And, you know, we want to help business, you know, we want to help recruiters be more accessible by hiring, you know, with hiring businesses. So we're in a path at the moment where uh, we're talking a guy called Ben Browning, who's going to help us out with um, creating training videos for recruiters yeah, so yeah. we can actually get them trained up. Um, we want to get some real good marketing out there. Um, you know, we, we've got lots of process to build. We've got lots of, you know, lots of businesses that, that are asking us to put them in connection with recruiters as well. So we've got a very, very busy festive period, um, which is great. It would suck if I was doing nothing. Um, and the business was obviously failing. So we're, you know, we're, we're looking quite positive and, um, uh, and then on the offered side, you know, we've got, we've got lots of stuff happening and we're, we're hoping to partner with some kickstart scheme stuff and, um, and just push on so yeah there's 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 a lot going on uh, and then down to the end of christmas how are you feeling about the whole covid situation now like you know obviously the vaccine on the horizon but re the reality is we're still in it what, what what's your personal view on and how you're coping with it um i mean i'm coping fairly well i mean i, I um there's uh we can have kind of apocalyptic stuff happen it's not really going to change my mind about what i'm doing um i think I've, I've met with a load of business leaders who have given themselves fantastic excuses during COVID. Um, and yeah, it's been tough and, and I've had it much better than some as well. So I can't exactly um, say that, you know, I've, I, I've, I've done well because of a particular reason, but I, I feel like there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Now I feel like there's more activity. I feel like at the start, people were very hesitant. They didn't want to make any decisions. They, they didn't understand how long this was going to go on for. Um, I, I feel like that has subsided somewhat and, and we're getting to grips with, you know, Q1 in 2021. Hey, you know, the, the vaccines being, you know, released and, and, and put into society. And, you know, if, even if we don't get it, stuff still needs to go you know we still need to keep moving business still needs to carry on and we've got livelihoods and businesses and families and mortgages that, that we need to look after so i you know for me it's been um it's it's helped me with fuel um so silver linings and everything um it's been an absolutely devastating year for a lot of people but i think there's a huge you know i i think we've gone over the hump now um and i think we're yeah you know, it's, it's almost, you know, it's always darkest before dawn type of thing. And, and I think, you know, with these tiers coming in and London going into tier three now, I think people are taking it very badly as they should, because the lethargy of having to go through yet another lockdown is, is annoying and disruptive and mentally straining, but we're nearly there. So I think we've all just got to take a deep breath, um, enjoy Christmas, you know, take it like a holiday um, and then just say, listen, we've got 90 days to take to take this, and then we're in spring. Uh, and I think the last three quarters of 2021 is going to be a hell of a year. I think all of 2021 can be a hell of a year. So, so yeah, I'm I'm feeling positive. Great, mate. I think I'd, I'd completely agree. I think for me personally, like it's been transformative. It's probably been one of the most eventful years. It has been the most eventful year of my life personally, and with COVID, and that's forgetting COVID, um, and. I'm looking back going, you know what? I'm proud of what we've achieved. And um, I, I'm proud of the industry for what they've done. Like, you know, I've, I've sat there every week with recruitment owners in my academy. Today, I finished my 10th academy program. So that's 150 recruitment owners I've personally coached throughout COVID. And um, just so positive, you know, incredible community, incredible people that yeah. are finding, they're finding ways to make money. They're finding ways to support their community, their, their candidates and clients. And, um, and they are, they, I mean, they're absolutely super positive. Yesterday I did a post on LinkedIn. I did a poll, which said, you know, is it busier for you in December than normal due to the fact that COVID is, is restricting all of the boozy lunches. Like when I recruited in London, it, I mean, December was a fucking write off. Like the, yeah. I, I, do, yeah. I would do deals. I'm not, I wasn't one of them guys who thought oh, there's no business to be done, but it was, it was quiet. And you would probably go on a, from about the 10th of December, you'd be on a lunch nearly every day. And, yeah. um, it was great. I used to sneak pints in the Cheshire cheese on Fleet Street and hide <laughs> underground. I absolutely loved it. Um, none of that's happening this year, is it? So across the board, I had over 55% of the, the couple of, I think about 300 votes, 55% of those people said that it's busier. That's so, impressive. Yeah. So we're, we're coming out of a really shit year with some really positive news and, and vibes, which is, 
and I agree, 90 days, 90 days now, let's, you know, I, I believe that by April, the vaccine will be rolled out well enough that we should start to see some some restrictions gone and, you know, hopefully anyway, I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. So, um, Jamie, that's all we've got time for, but thank you, mate. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, if any of my listeners want to get in touch, um, LinkedIn, best place to get you, do you reckon? Or yeah. Is there- yeah, we're all on here. So hit me up on LinkedIn, um, Jamie Beaumont with Fuel or Jamie at paywithfuel.io. And um, yeah, I- I'm always here. Wicked. All right. So anyone who's listening, please get in touch with Jamie just to find out more about this this innovative product. I, I think it's wicked. Um, also, if anyone just wants to pick your brains on um, you know, startup life, you know, there's a lot of recruiters who are probably thinking about doing different things as well as starting recruitment companies. I know you're busy, but would you give them a bit of your time? 15 yeah, 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 of course, get in touch. Um, I've done it with lots of people, so um, I might not be right and I might chat rubbish all the time, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm always here. So, so yeah, hit me up and, and we'd love to chat. Awesome. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been um, an incredible year. Um, this is the last session I'm running purely in the for the UK audience um, of 2020. If you've enjoyed this show, um, if you know anyone who you think would benefit from from Jamie's story or hearing more about Jamie's product, please share it. Like you know, we all know other recruiters. We've all got, you know, we've got we're in WhatsApp groups, we're in email groups, chains, whatever. Send send this episode out. Let people listen because the more that people listen, the more the business is going to be stronger next year. The more innovative products we can offer to our clients, the more we can all succeed. Um, I'll be back again on Thursday, eight a.m. UK time, seven p.m. Australian Eastern time, with my co-host on a Thursday, Pete Watson. And we're joined by Stella, um, who is the founder of Rio Group. We've just gone through a merger um, with a company called Cox Bertel. And it's, um, this woman is a force. She is an absolute force of nature. She was on my academy, my Australian academy, super energetic, just powerful female with so much to say. Um, nice. I, can't, I can't wait to find out how she's got through lockdown and and how she's ended up merging her company and growing this big organization. And oh, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing way to round up the year. Um, I'll be listening. Hope, hopefully, you will, mate. Hopefully, you will. But for those that are listening, thank you again. Um, please do stay safe, and I will see you all very soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency, exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online and we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now we're managing the marketing for so that involves strategy content creation distribution systems process and leads generated having been recruiters and marketeers we can not only build your brand but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters, and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much, and we will see you again soon.